Welcome to the pen and the yod. This week's Torah portion is Tita Beh. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshayamit Synagogue in Chicago sits down with author Jonathan Eig and talks about Tita Beh, the garment of leadership. This portion of Tita Beh takes us into the wardrobe of the high priest. And in a very real way, you are what you wear. And the Torah is so specific about the headpiece that the priest wears, the types of garments, how they're to be made, but the focus is largely on the breastplate. Now, the vestige of the breastplate is still on the Torah itself. That's why we put a breastplate on the Torah. The accoutrements of the priest are transferred there. But the symbolism of the breastplate is really a lesson on leadership. And so let's talk about that for a few minutes. The breastplate had to be affixed to chains that were attached or sewn into the shoulder pieces of the garment that the priest would wear, this outer garment. And the rabbis learned from this that this isn't just a practical addition, but the focus of the Torah on these chains is that leaders need to shoulder the concerns and the needs of their people. The purpose of leadership isn't for the people to serve you, but for you to shoulder the burden of the people. And then the breastplate itself has 12 stones on it, one stone for every tribe. The priest could say, I'm from the tribe of Levi, that's who I represent, that's my party. But the Torah says no. Leadership is about representing all of the different tribes. And everyone has a place on the breastplate, and everyone has their own stone, so they're seen as individuals or as groups that have their own foci and their own way of doing things and their own unique qualities. But it's a really representative piece. And finally, behind the breastplate, are the Urim Vitumim, which are these mysterious dice, we think. They're an oracle, a way of asking God a question and getting an answer. It was like the original eight ball, right? When you remember those when we were kids, you'd pick it up and right. give you the answer. It was, so this was like that. If there was an issue and it was a significant one, you might want to go to the high priest if you were king and say, let's go and ask God. And there was a way of reading this. So I want to suggest to you, Jonathan, that these are all aspects of leadership. It's interesting that it's it's also a lot of bling. I mean, he's, he's, he's wearing stuff that clearly makes him stand out. So what I take from that is that being a leader requires accepting the fact that you are the one wearing this and nobody else gets to wear it. So you're standing above and apart from the people that you're leading. But the symbolism in what they're wearing suggests that that you're never supposed to forget that you're here to represent the people. In democracy, we would say you were put there by the people and that you are their servants. It may be a little different in this case because God's involved. Do you think that these high priests were felt like they were put there by the people or were they put there by God? I think that they are, in a sense, put there by God and because they are all the descendants of Aaron. And God made that designation that that's the house and the people that the priests would be born from. But I think that the uniqueness of the clothing speaks to the unique position of the priest as the intermediary between God and the people. So when the priest comes before God, and that's what he does, when he goes into the Holy of Holies, for instance, on Yom Kippur, or when he is leading the sacrificial order 
on behalf of the people, he's not just representing himself. He represents the body politic of the people of Israel and his clothing speak to that. Those 12 stones are telling everyone and God, this is who I represent. Not just me, not just my own people, but my own tribe, but I represent the entirety of the people. So it's interesting to me that it's sending a message both to the people and to God. It's saying it's, it's a sign of respect. It's a sign of, of faith. Uh, but it, and that puts that leader in an awkward position, I think, because sometimes to lead is to merely represent the voices of the people. And sometimes to lead is to tell the people something they don't want to hear. It was interesting. You said that it's a message to God and to the people. I would say there's a third party, which is the priest himself. Yeah. I don't really care, God says, who you think you are. This is what you're here to do. And you need to feel the weight, literally, on your shoulders of what you're doing. I think it's a fascinating understanding of leadership from a Jewish perspective. I think about, by the way, leaders and what leaders wear. Military garb, oftentimes kind of a show of strength, kind of have a scepter and a crown. All of those are part and parcel of leadership. But on the crown of the priest, it would said, Kodesh Ladonai, holy to God. Well, in order to be holy to God, you have to lead a life that is worthy of that. And so in a way, rather than seeing these as accoutrements of power, these are actually garments of humility. Yeah, it's interesting because when I think of a military uniform, and a military uniform is meant to be uniform. Everybody wears the same thing. And that suggests that you're a part of something bigger. You're a part of this country that you're fighting for. You're fighting not for yourself, but for your country. And yet we garnish those military uniforms with all kinds of medals and epaulets to suggest rank, to suggest, you know, that your importance. Um, so, you know, again, it's a blend of, of messages that's being sent. Some uniforms are meant to be generic and everybody's meant to remember that you're just part of the team. You're not special. You're part of a bigger unit. But when we start embellishing them in this way, they take on different meanings. They do. And yet, what is the meaning of leadership today? And I think that's a question worthy of being asked. Does the leader, whether it's the President of the United States, the Prime Minister of Israel, are there aspects of the garments of the priest that we can apply today. This is not a religious office, to be sure. But this idea of a breastplate, I think, really speaks to us. Does the leader represent the entirety of the people? Or do I just represent these stones, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have to keep an eye on these stones. But no, I think that there's something more here about understanding not who you are, but what the position demands of you. And in a personality-driven political world where we are so tribal, I think it's a very important message that I think is being lost. It's, it's tricky because leaders have to make decisions that are not always democratic. You know, Abraham Lincoln had to risk the entire nation for what he believed in and that he would believe would save the union, but he couldn't be democratic about it. He couldn't put it to a vote. He had to, at some point, make a choice. And you know, Martin Luther King, uh, who I tend to talk about uh, a lot, drew great scorn from his own community by getting involved in the protests of the Vietnam War because people thought that he wasn't serving his constituency, that he'd forgotten who was on his breastplate. So sometimes a leader has to step out and go beyond what his constituents would want him to do. Yes, but I think it's odd noting that African Americans were disproportionately represented amongst the fighting force in Vietnam 
that anybody would say that that's not a fight that people of color should focus on. True. And yet people believe that it would be a big distraction to the civil rights movement, that his resources were better spent on the mission here at home where he was most needed and where he had been most successful. It's not just it was not a minority opinion. The majority of Americans believed and the majority of black Americans believed that he was making a mistake and he was letting down his constituents. I think that's part of leadership. I think leaders need to take risks and they also have to be good listeners. And at the end of the day, we have 2020 hindsight to, to, to say that King could not have been more correct when he marched against that war and the uh, hypocrisy and the racism that was so much a part of the war. But I want to shift back to another issue, which I think flows out of this, which is the issue of humility. What the garments of the priest remind us of is that leaders are not all-knowing. Even though we don't know what the Urim Vitumi more, but what it's telling us is that at the end of the day, leaders need to understand that the decisions they make affect other people. And there are a whole variety of different ways of approaching this, and we need to go slowly and carefully. I once gave a talk, a prayer actually, in the White House. And I was thinking, and I spoke about this, what it was like to be in a place that right above you were the same floors that Lincoln paced during the Civil War. And when he would pace, he would often quote from the Book of Psalms. You hear people talk about, I'll pray on this for a while, right? Is that like the Urim Vatumim? Is that like, okay, I'm gonna, God's going to give me the answer? Or am I going to take time to reflect on an issue before I and the gravity of the issue and approach it from a sense of humility so that I can come up with the best answer I can possibly come up with for the people represented on that breastplate as opposed to what's most expedient for me in the moment. And I think that's a big part of the lesson here for the priest and for the leader today. Well, yeah, it strikes me that the leader is going to take off that breastplate at night and realize that he's a man, that he's that he's human, and that this role he has, this responsibility, does not necessarily give him powers. The powers derive from the people and from God, right? I think that's right. And it's interesting that the priest could not minister in this way unless they wore those garments. And so during the Roman period, during the Second Temple period, when the Jewish people were under the iron fist of the Romans, one of the ways the Romans tried to keep the Jews in line was that they would take possession of the garments of the priest, and they would only give them back if the people were behaving themselves around Yom Kippur. So it was a way of kind of really enforcing control over the people. Because a priest, just as a person, that wasn't enough. He had to kind of put on the garments of leadership and appreciate what, what that was all about. And by the way, that, that ultimately was one of the um, reasons why the, the Israelites revolted against them. And what's interesting to me is that we take those same garments and we don't discard them. We say, okay, well, there's no more priesthood because we don't have a temple. We take them and we put them on the Torah itself. As if to say, all of us can, in our own way, take on the garments. All of us have ways of wearing that breastplate and looking out at other people and saying, these people are also part of this society. They represent this stone or this stone or this stone. How do I include them? How is my thinking 
focusing on them? Am I thinking of myself in the best possible way, thinking of that headpiece where it says Kodesh Ladonai? Does it raise me up? And I think that part of it is all of us are leaders in our own way, but those are questions that we have to ask our leaders. Are you raising us up? Are you lowering us down? Are you representing one constituency? Are you representing all of us? Are you approaching questions that concern people's lives with a sense of humility? Those are serious questions I think that we have to ask in every age. Indeed. Thanks, Jonathan. This was fun. Thanks, Rabbi.